Hey guys, welcome back to Simply Me. Today is December 1st, 2018, and I hope you're having a great day. And my voice is a little raspy, and I'm praying I don't get a cold. But, on the good note, it is the first day of Podmas, and I am so excited to share these 12 days of uh, Podmasing, I guess, with you guys. So, for those who don't know what it is, there is a trend that's been going on for a while called Vlogmas on YouTube where family blogs such as Shannon Rose, Fathering Autism, and Ellie and Jared celebrate the holiday season in style. So today, as the first day of Podmas, I wanted to start off the holiday season by telling you the time I tried to get into the military. The reason I am sharing this is because I want to thank the veterans and all the branches for their service. And for those who can't come home for the holidays, an extra thank you for working hard while we are at home with our family. So, as before, I wanted to join the military, especially the Navy, for two reasons. One, because I wanted a job that is meaningful to me and others. And two, a quick way of getting out of my parents' house. Um... So this all started when I was a senior in high school and I was just about to graduate early. And the reason I just wanted to get out of my parents' house is to start that new adventure life. So there were two instances where I tried to get into the Navy. They're not instances, they're just two times I got into the Navy. Um, So, oh, and also for those who don't know, I am not currently in the Navy at all. Uh, I am actually a CNA at a nursing home. So, yeah, back to the story, folks. So, when I told my parents, they were really nervous, and they were like a train wreck. They were like, uh, I don't think you need to do this. You're really short. You're kind of a shrimp. But, thankfully, they did allow me to try out. So, I was grateful for that, and along with that, it was a very long learning experience along the way. So, it was, it, yeah, it, mm mm-hmm, yep, it was an experience. So, the first part of trying to get into the military, and after getting a recruiter, obviously, was that you have to take a big test known as the ASVAP or the Armed Service Vocational Aptitude Pattery Test. It, can te- it consists of multiple sections, such as the asthmatic reading, general science and word knowledge, comprehension, electronics, and so on and so, so forth. I believe there is about eight sections, eight to 12 sections that were timed, like 30 minutes or so. And then if you were, um, I believe it was the Navy and the Army, there was another special section that you had to do that was not even, like, in the ASVAB books that you read that you can study for. You just had to do it, and you get that score. And so, if you... Because I wanted to get into the Navy, I had Navy, I had to try to get a score of 35 or more. And so I tried and I studied a lot before I took the ASVAB. Um, 
So I was technically supposed to take the ASVAB test at school, which I heard was a lot easier than taking it at the MEPS place, where they also do the testing and some other general stuff there. Um, but back then, I would, this was probably the only time I was super impatient because um, I was originally supposed to take the test at school. But, and I, and I also know that it was like a week before Thanksgiving. Um, and I was like really excited and I just wanted to do this a lot. And I was like, okay, let's just get this show on the road. And I heard this was supposed to be a lot easier than taking it at the MEPS place. But because of that, um, the school had to cancel the test due to a student tragedy loss we did have. So I was like, I wasn't mad that this happened, but I was kind of irritated. I was like, I just studied my butt off for about two months, and then now you set me up to, like, let's get ready for this test, and then you had to cancel it, which I understand a student tragedy is nothing that, like, you can't do anything about it, and, this, and like, you kind of just have to go towards it. But like I said, I was really impatient, and it was the end of senior year, and I just wanted to get out of the school and, like, jump right into the Navy. But, you know, that didn't happen. So I decided to take an afternoon off from school. Um, I drove up with a recruiter all the way to the Kansas City International Airport with and uh, also my parents knew about it so they were like uh, is it really necessary where you could just take it at school again but I was like no 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 I just want to do this and be done I've been studying and all of this um, so yeah but then I ran into a problem actually there was a few the first was when I first went to the MEPS place with the recruiter, I just had my double ears pierced, so I had to take it off, and it hurt so bad, and it was bleeding. And then, I mean, it wasn't like an issue, but it was just uncomfortable, and none of these were like an issue. It was just really annoying, and it was a really, it actually wasn't a really good experience for me like I thought it would. So I had to take my jewelry off just for testing, and it hurt, and like I said, it hurt really bad, but can someone please tell me why they had to do that, like, what's the point of taking jewelry off, like, you're not, you're not gonna cheat on jewelry, like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm gonna do a ring that says, um, the answer to a science question is, like, no, I, I don't get it, someone please ex explain that to me, please, like, I just don't get it, um, and then along with that, I also had to get fingerprinted and a photo taken. So I really felt like I was going to jail than taking a test. And I was nervous. I was like shaking. Um, and so when it was time to take the test and before entering the room, uh, I had to put my cell phone in a basket up front in the desk area and it felt like kind of school-ish. And there was like, you know... If anyone can compare Mike Wazowski and Roz, it's, it felt like that. And not only that, my recruiter left me for a whole time. And I was like, are you 
kidding me? So I was like, okay, might as well just jump right into this. Um, so I also did bring my cell phone, but my parents were really upset when I did come home because my battery was dead. It was already low when I uh, put it in the basket, and the gal took the basket away before I forgot to turn off um, the phone to save the battery. Um, so, yeah. So, I go into the room, and it took about an hour and a half um, to finish the test. And the girl next to me looked like she was so pale, and I think we were both getting frustrated. And I'm, and you don't see the screens, but you kind of like, like you want to see someone else's screen, because but you can't because they're um, kind of in a box. And then there's like a set up a piece of folder paper so no one sees your test. And I was so like I said, I was nervous. The gal next to me looked like she was just absolutely nervous, too. And I was like, okay, I just have to breathe. I just have to breathe. And then uh, I did it. I I finished the test. Oh, and not only that, the, the uh, gal who was in charge had to unlock my computer three times during a portion of the test that you couldn't study for. And it was kind of like Simon Says. Um, where you have to replicate what it does. So it technically it was Simon Says, but it was like a matching, like match the line sequence. And it was, it was brutal. Like it was brutal. And you only had three chances. Um, and so I was like, okay, I'm just tired. It's been a long day. I've been here for about, two hours, oh, about two hours, and I'm exhausted. So, after I finished, it took two minutes to get my results, and I swear I felt like I was pacing up and down the, uh, the rows, like, outside of, um, where I tested, and I was like, oh, man, I'm nervous, I don't know what to do, and so she handed me the paper, and I was on my way, and so I, I didn't want to open and rip up the paper right then and there because I didn't want to have, like, I don't want to say big dramatic scene, but just if I didn't do well or if I did do well, I just didn't want to share it with anybody. So my recruiter comes back and picks me up. And then, mind you, on the way there and on the way back, they have these fancy government cars it looks like and it had heated seats and nice uh volume and music going on and so when I went in into the car I opened up the paper and I was like what the heck I I was so pissed off at this point and so tired I just wanted to cry I was one point away of making it into the Navy. I had 34 points. 34 points. And I was so upset. I was like, you got to be kidding me. you got to be kidding me. And then, not only that, my cell phone died. And I was supposed to talk to my parents. And I wasn't going to ask the recruiter to use his phone. And I was just 
so upset about myself and I and I and like my feelings were hurt because I felt like I I could have done better and I felt like I let myself down in my parents and of course like I said my parents really didn't like this idea but they warmed up to it and I just didn't want them to say well I told you so kind of thing so I go home and have a good cry out and but in all fairness I could have studied a bit more so I mean I tried to, but I got 34 freaking points. And I was, like I said a million times, I was so upset. But, I mean, I, yeah, I was upset. But I do know one thing. The recruiter was super good looking, so I didn't mind being in a car with him. And, we, and he talked to me and just kind of... Um, got my mind off of things on my way home because he had to see what it was and I was I was just done and he knew I was done and I just he just felt bad so I think that recruiter forgot his name um and for him talking to me so let's fast forward five months later and in April, this is the second time I tried to get into the Navy. 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 Um, and I get a call from the Navy people or the same recruiters saying that they can accept me now because they lowered the ASVAB score to 32, not 35. And oh my goodness, I was so excited all over again, but I did not want to get my hopes up. And at that time, I was just working at Hy-Vee part-time. And I was like, okay, well, maybe this could be another chance to get right back into it. And, um, yeah, so I walk in. I see the same hunk of Navy officer. And I was like, oh, my gosh, he's still here. This cute Navy officer that tried to calm me down before. I felt so embarrassed, but I was so glad to see him again. Um... And I was excited. So they asked me a bunch of medical questions and history just from, like, being adopted. And this is when another hiccup comes along. So I told them that I was adopted and they needed proof of citizen citizenship, which I do have. Um, and also my medical record were both an issue and I didn't, I, I didn't really understand why, but they said they were. I understand the medical part, but not the citizen part. Um, so before I go any further, I am legally a U.S. citizen. Um, but there was an issue back in 2002 that um, if you were adopted before 2002, you did not need a special document along with your green card to prove that you were you, that you were a citizen it was optional at that time and my parents did not fill it out and so I do believe it's called the I-90 form but I'm not sure exactly uh, so but for anyone who was adopted after 2002 uh, well like 
I know I just stopped because I had to think for a second. It was anyone who was adopted after 2002. Um, and I quote, for, like, we called an adoption agency lady. And so she said, and I quote, uh, the people who were adopted after 2002 were required but not prohibited to to have that special document. So they, in some states, you are required to have that document, but in other states, you are not prohibited to have that document. Um, because apparently, there have been a ton of cases where uh, children who were around my age couldn't get a driver's license or, um, or a job because of that document. And so, mind you, I was like 18 around this time, and I was thankful I did get a job. I did get my driver's license, no problem at all. Um, and so this gal says it is a good idea that we do have it, but it's not prohibited to. And, um, so if I were to move out of state, I could potentially not get a job because of this document or renew my license. Um, so that was kind of an issue for us, but not really. And so we're like, okay, uh, I was like, okay, well, why don't we just check this out and, and just like get this done. So we do have this document. So if I ever tried to move out of the state and this wouldn't have to be a hassle in the future, but there is kind of a <laughs> one small itsy bitsy detail she left out. It was a thousand freaking dollars just for paper, paper, a signed doc. Excuse me, I am choking right now because I'm like, you gotta be kidding me! It is insane what the government does to us. Like a thousand dollar, a thousand dollars for a document that you need to have in some states, but you don't need to have in others. I'm like. It, it's insane. And not only that, it takes up to six months to a whole year to get. And I, me and my parents were hot under the collar. And it was just frustrating. It was just a frustrating, like, requirement. Or no requirement? I don't know. So you need this document to get a job, but it's not required. Like, like really? Really? Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm going to get off my soapbox, but for any of those parents who were adopted or for those who are adopting, I just recommend that you get this special document so you don't have problems in the future for, yeah, for your child. So, yeah, just uh, letting you know. So, the second problem was my medical record. Um... So, a little backstory on that. Um, I did know that back in middle school, I was bullied really bad. So, I was on an antidepressant pills and a ton of wasted counseling. Like, I, I already knew what was going on. The counselor even said that it was just bullying reasons. And, my, of course, my parents wouldn't let me change schools. They think that... 
you'll grow stronger if you stay into that school and you kind of fight your enemies, quote unquote, and yeah. And I was like, okay, whatever, just let me go through this. But, um, but you cannot be in the military if you are any, if you were depressed or if you were in counseling. So, and they marked that on my chart. They also said that I had a bit of depression in general. And I was like, well, it's probably because of school. But they still had to mark that in my medical files. Um, so I called my old pediatrician doctor and explained my situation to her. And she wrote a note saying I was capable of going into service and that I was no longer depressed or needing any of assistance to get me happy again. Happy pills? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I tried to do that just to see um, what whoever was looking at my file would either allow me to go ahead and continue um, being in the service or try to be in the Navy or they will disqualify me. And so I wait a few weeks and it's like anxious few weeks. And I was like really, really pacing. And I, I was anxious. I was like, I want to know if I can get in or not because it was kind of a waste of time if I did it. And of course the day comes and, um, the Navy recruiter says, well, the chief who was looking at my medical records disqualified me because of um, the medical records. And again, my hopes and dreams were shattered once more. And it wasn't bad. It was just I kind of knew that something deep down told me I wouldn't get in. And I wasn't bummed. I was bummed, but I wasn't like before where my hopes and dreams were like super shattered and I was super sad and upset for like a few days. Um, because after that, I figured, well, I might as well become a CNA and try to do another job that is more meaningful than this one. I'm not saying that this job isn't meaningful because it is meaningful to the whole United States. I just wanted it to be meaningful to me too. Um, and the funny part is, is that two weeks later, I had an asthma attack. My first asthma attack, which um, I found out I had asthma. I think I've had asthma before, but it was nothing like this. Like my lips were starting to turn blue and I had a little to no oxygen and my mom rushed me to the urgency care. Um, and this was like Really, it was hot and muggy that day, too, so the air quality was really poor. Um, so, yeah, then I discovered that after that, I was going to go into um, the Certified Nurses Aid Med School. And now I'm working with awesome people in a facility, and I'm doing something that is meaningful, and I'm grateful for it. So... Now you know, folks, on how I tried to get into the military. I hope this story puts you in somewhat of a holiday spirit. And I just wanted to let you guys know, like, just because one dream may not come true or one um, 
person's aspirations go through, it does not mean that, like, you have to keep trying for something else. And eventually one day that, and hopefully that one day would be soon, but you get to, um, you get to do what you want to do and you love what you're doing. And doing this podcast is what I love to do. And, um, like I said, being a CNA is what I love to do now. And it's given me, it kind of gave me a grown-up experience and it kind of um, made me more mature than it was before I did this. So, yeah. And I will see you guys tomorrow on day two of PodMets. All right. Have a nice day, y'all. Bye.